0: Until then, we hope this message leads you right where you are and helps you know just how deep the Father's love is for you. I think uh, when we talk about fresh starts, we think about all that has happened that has brought us to that point. But this morning, um, as we think about 2022, there's so much just kind of bubbling in my heart and my mind. That that I want to cover. Kids, why don't you, if you are in the house, you can follow with Miss Patty out the the doors in the back? She's got some great stuff in store for you. Um, Church, I tell you what, if you know people who have kids that need to know Jesus, um, Children's Ministry is a great place to bring them. And, you know, in the same vein, uh, this is a great place for the parents. Um, Real life is just this kind of place that is all about Jesus. Entering into the real life of everyday life. Um, I, I want to pass along a thank you to you, Real Life family, whether you're in the house or out joining us online. Uh, we got a message from Craig Garbison yesterday. Uh, our, the, 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 the building here for, for New Year's Eve uh, housed a New Year's Eve party for our NA community. And there were people who came from all over Middle Tennessee. There were 175 people here. Uh, Yeah, I'm like, that's a lot of people. Um, Those who are part of the community, their families, their kids, this was a place, they did karaoke uh, till all hours of the night. They had an NA meeting at at, at like 1230, 12 to 130. They were here till 2 a.m. I am just thankful that we get to be the kind of church that says, we're going to open our arms because Jesus opened his arms for us. And they are so thankful for us as a church for being able to do that. Because I don't know if you realize this, but uh, New Year's Eve is one of those times where it's really hard for those who are wrestling with addictions. So this was a safe place. And I am just, I want to say thank you, church, on behalf of them, but also just as one of your pastors. Thank you for being a part of that. Um, I was chuckling as I uh, was listening to um, Mr. Issa pray today. Um about asking that God would close the eyes of the officials as this shipment of stuff came into, it comes into the port. I don't know when it's going to arrive, but it took me back to when I was a kid. My mom and my aunt, they, um, I don't know if there's like a, a politically correct term for this, but they were smuggling Bibles into a rather large communist country in our world. And um, they got on a boat in Hong Kong which probably tells you what country they were headed towards. Um, and on the boat ride, my mom loves fresh mango. And so she had picked one up in Hong Kong that, uh, in preparation for that trip. And on the way into that country, um, she was eating this fresh mango. Well, She had never had this happen, but she developed a rash on her face uh, reacting to the mango. Now you can imagine you have got two women who are smuggling um, religious <laughs> contraband into the country. And here my mom is with this, this thing. And you can imagine what uh, customs officials might have said uh, to them when they, oh, what's going on with you? Um, so my mom feverishly tried to put makeup on to cover over this rash, and she did a kind of good job, but when they got to the port where they got off and they're, they're headed towards customs with their suitcases filled with Bibles, the customs officials were all asleep. They were asleep. They didn't have to like look the other way. God had put them to sleep so that his word could get into the country that's our God. And so I resonate with your prayer, Teresa, that God would do whatever God needs to do to get stuff where it needs to go. Because our God is bigger than our craziest needs. God is bigger. And God can do, if God can shut the mouths of lions in a den and can cause government officials to fall asleep, God can do the amazingly, abundantly more than you could ever imagine. So, as we think about 2022, I hope that you have huge expectations about what God wants to do in your life and through your life, um, because I know that there's a lot at stake. Well, this morning, uh, I want to be one of those that says Happy New Year to you. Um, yesterday is one of the, was one of those great line-in-the-sand types of days where we can like close uh, the chapter or the book on the year uh, behind, and for some of us, you're like, amen. Yes, I want to close that off. Uh, But it's always one of these moments where you also are looking forward. And I don't know what you are looking forward to this year. My brother-in-law, he, uh, every year, picks a word that kind of defines what he feels like either God is wanting to do in his life, or what he needs God to do in his life. Uh, he picks a word, and that's kind of his guiding word for for the the year. And he always asks us, "Well, what's your word going to be?" So the other day, he asked us, "You know what what that word's going to be?" And I had to pause because I forgot that he always asked this. But uh, Christy relayed the message, and I thought for just a brief second, and I. I really have no other words that are coming to my heart and mind except for this word, for me, and the, it's the word traction, traction. Now, not the image of the patient in a hospital bed with their legs all in traction. That's not what I'm, I'm hoping and praying for this year, not at all. What I'm hoping and praying for is that there would be great traction in my life rather than spinning wheels. I don't know about you, but as a pastor of a church in, over the last two years, there are moments when it has felt like I'm spinning my wheels. I don't know if you have felt that way in your life, but I have felt that. And my hope and my prayer that I'm asking God for is that, God, would you help me get traction, that the wheels would stop spinning and I would be able to take steps in the right direction, and that those steps would bring life to hopefully some of you and a bunch of other people who aren't here yet, that real life would find its own traction in this community and beyond. That's my word, traction. What's your word? Um, Think about that. I would love to hear from some of you, whether you're online or in person, would you shoot me a text this this week? Uh, Send me a message, whatever, an email, Uh, Smoke signals will work. Um, Not today. It might not go very far. Um, What's your word going to be? What is that thing that you know you want God to do in and through you this year? Traction. What's yours? Um, And I guess I have one more question before we get started is this. Church, what are your yeses to Jesus going to look like in 2022? what are those things that you know you need to say yes about? Maybe you've been putting them off for a little bit, but what are those yeses going to sound like? What are they going to look like? Where are those yeses going to take you in 2022? Uh, We had this realization uh, late in the Advent season. Uh, We were driving to church, I think, on Christmas Eve, actually, is when it hit, and I realized that our address here at Real Life is, anyone know, 2022. So my question I'm asking God is, God, what are you up to at 2022 during 2022? And maybe you can ask God the same question. What, God, are you going to be up to at 2022 during 2022? Well, today is the eighth day of Christmas. You're like, wait a minute, we're done with Christmas. No, we're not actually done with Christmas. Uh, I am kind of passionate about the fact that Christmas begins on Christmas Day. It doesn't conclude. It's a beginning on Christmas. This is the eighth day. So um, what's happening uh, on the eighth day of Christmas? Maids are milking, which is a really awkward thing to think about on this special day. Um, but I, I did some research about the, uh, the the days of Christmas, and the earliest known version of the carol appeared in a 1780s children's book titled "Mirth Without Mischief." I have no idea what that's going to do for you. Hopefully, it blesses your heart. Um, a first edition of the book sold at the Sotheby's auction in 2014 for the low, low price of $23,750. That's a lot of money. But as I dug in a little bit more, I found that there is a group, the PNC Financial Group, as a part of their Christmas tradition, they actually evaluate the cost of all of the items in the 12 days of Christmas. And so in 2021, for you to give all of the gifts that are mentioned in the 12 days of Christmas would cost you $41,205.58, which is up 5.4% over 2020. That's a lot of money. The, the 12 days of Christmas has been a song that we have sung. We've acted out. There have been other versions that have, um, <laughs> there are other versions that have been sung. I'm just thinking of acting out today's, uh, today's gifts, um, and it's really awkward but um, today, as we think about the, the song, The Twelve Days of Christmas, where today is the eighth, um, there's a lot behind this song. And some have said that it was actually an early attempt of Christians to actually teach the basic tenets of the faith. And so, you know, the, the partridge in a pear tree stands for Jesus, and, and all the way down, there's different things that they represent, there's been some arguing about whether or not that's true or that's an old wives' tale. Whatever the case may be, the song is fun to sing, but the reality of Christmas is, is at the heart of what we're talking about this morning. On this eighth day of Christmas, where is your attention when it comes to Jesus? My question for you today is this what will you do with Jesus? not just today, not just on the ninth day or the 10th day, the 11th day or the 12th day, but what are you going to be doing? In answer to this question, what will you do with Jesus? The 12 days uh, traditionally wrap up uh, on the 6th of January, which is known um, uh, as the, the time when the wise men traditionally showed up at the manger scene. And in the church, we call that epiphany. It's the day when uh, we, we recognize the wise men showing up. But let me just kind of put this out there for you. What will your response be when you show up at the manger? But not just the manger, but what will your response be when you show up at the foot of a cross, at an empty tomb, on a hillside when Jesus is feeding 5,000? When those things happen in your life, what will you do with Jesus? In 567 AD, the 12 days of Christmas, um, were kind of set in church tradition as a time where we reflect in, during, in a very festive way the arrival of Jesus and our response to him. Much of that gets lost in the translation of our day, in the commercialization of it. it, it, We just kind of, man, by the time Christmas is there and we open presents, um, it's like, okay, we're done. We get to move on. Um, I'm not going to ask this. How many of you still have your uh, Christmas decorations up? How many of you have taken them down? Um, We took our Christmas decorations down the other day, and my house feels bare. It feels naked, and uh, there's a little bit of mourning that goes in my heart because my heart longs to not be empty and bare, but it longs to be full of the God who has come and moved into our neighborhood. So this year, this, this Christmas season, this 2022, as it all unfolds, my question for you is this: what? will you do with Jesus? I want to give you three options. There's probably all sorts of nuances to these options, but I want to give you three options that are kind of umbrellas. And they're these. One, we can embrace Jesus. We can embrace Jesus. Two, we can ignore Jesus. And three, we can reject Jesus. I want to clarify the difference between the last two. As we ignore Jesus, we become a people who are aware of Jesus, but we aren't ready to like reject him. Like we don't completely disagree with Jesus, but we're just not ready to turn our attention to Jesus. We've got other things going on over here. And because of these things, we're we're not going to close the door, but we're just not going to walk through the door. Whereas the third option is like, no, I know who Jesus is, and I want nothing to do with Jesus. Now, none of us would ever say that two and three are are our options. Like, we would never verbalize that. But sometimes our life says a lot more than our words. And so in 2022, are you going to be the kind of person who embraces Jesus, ignores Jesus, or rejects Jesus? This question might be easy for you to answer, but there's people out there that you're going to rub shoulders with today and tomorrow and every day this year. And I wonder if you might be the person who gets to ask this question of them and you get to broach the subject with them. As we consider how to answer these questions in our own life, I want us to turn to a passage of scripture that clearly articulates who this Jesus is that we are trying to decide what we're going to do with. It's in the book of Colossians. If you have your Bibles or your scrolls, turn them there. Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 20 is where we will be. This is the 12th book in the New Testament. So if you're wondering where to find Colossians, go there. Uh, it's probably quicker for you to go to the back of the book and start flipping forward. Uh, if you have just the, uh, just the New Testament before you, uh, you know, about the middle Uh, is where you're going to find it. But if you have a digital form, just kind of punch the buttons and I'll take you there. But the word of God this morning says this. This is Paul writing to a church in a town by the name of Colossae. It was a community uh, that had a very strong Christian presence, but there was a lot of arguing and bickering going on among not only the people in the church, but people in the church with those outside the church about who this Jesus was. Paul wanted to make clear who this Jesus was so that uh, they could proceed down the road. So here are the words from Paul to the church. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over, or some of your versions say the firstborn of all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This is the word of God for the people of God and the world. And we all say together, thank you, Jesus. I recently had a gentleman come up to me and say, "Uh, I, I just gave my life to Christ which was a shock to me. I had assumed that he had already done that. He knew the lingo. He was a part of a church. But he said, I gave my life to Christ today. And I'm like, wait wait a minute. I need some clarification from you. And he said to me, the way you describe Jesus today made all the difference in my life. Jesus makes the difference in our lives. And as I begun to unpack this with him some more, because I just had to understand what was going on here, he said, you know, I've always believed in God. I just didn't know what to do with Jesus. Sometimes we take for granted the things that we believe, that we know. Not everyone knows the things you know. And, you know, sometimes that's hard for a pastor as he's preparing uh, or they're preparing their message. Uh... To kind of remember that, hey, Jeremy, you might know this, but not everyone else does. So I apologize to you. Some of you are like, yeah, you you're talking under me. Like I know this, I got this. Um, I have in mind the people who don't yet know. And for those of you who are like, man, man, you are talking over my head. I I apologize to you, because I just kind of assume sometimes that we know these things, but church. We get to decide what we're going to do with Jesus. And this is not just a one and done type of a thing. This is an ongoing daily opportunity for us to decide what we're going to do with Jesus. The people of God uh, at different parts in history have been called different things, whether it was Israel um, uh, or today, we just call them the church. As we think about who we have been sometimes we really do get it and we're like yeah we embrace Jesus with all our heart soul mind and strength that's us but unfortunately sometimes our track record shows that uh sometimes even in the next breath we choose to ignore or reject god so folks it's a daily decision that you get to make uh there's a sign someone gave it to us um i forget who gave it to us i apologize if it was you um but let me just say this, it, it has come to mean a lot to me. Um, it's a little sign that we've put above uh, the door in our bedroom that goes into the restroom. And when I wake up, I, that's the first thing I see, and it says this, "In the morning, give me Jesus." Is that your prayer? That in the morning, when you wake up, that you would get Jesus. I hope it is. Because it, it, it's, a, it's a big decision that we need to make. Paul is very concerned about articulating who Jesus is because if the people don't know, then they're not going to be able to make good decisions. And so I hope for you today that you would kind of understand who Jesus is so that you can make these good decisions and you can be a people who are marked by life of embracing the God who has become flesh and blood and moved into our neighborhood that you would be that people. You see, if we aren't clear on these things, we're going to bicker about these things. Not that our society understands bickering at all, but church, we need to understand who Jesus is. And in this passage of Scripture that we've read, we've talked about how Jesus is the the firstborn. He is the firstborn of the dead. He is the first one who was there at creation. He was there at the beginning and continues to be here among us. What are you going to do with Jesus? How is your life going to be marked by these things? I want to unpack something very, very particular in this passage of Scripture that I've just read. And it's this, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. People may want to argue with you about this whole faith thing. I don't believe in God, some might say. And I would encourage you to just kind of give them a pause there. Like, okay, let's just, we'll work with that in just a second. But if I were in a conversation where someone said that to me, I would want to direct their attention in a different direction. There are a lot of on-ramps that we can find when it comes to talking to people about faith. Um, Sometimes it's uh, in the middle of the checkout line at Walmart and something, a conversation creeps up and you're like, oh, on-ramp. Sometimes it's a phone call or a text message and you're like, oh, on-ramp. Sometimes you overhear something at the table next to you at the restaurant and you're like, oh, that's an on-ramp. God is opening this door for me to walk through, and I get to do that or not. But you see, when I think about the different on-ramps that we can take, there is none better than steering a conversation to where, to the place of Jesus. Someone might say, okay, I don't believe in God out there somewhere. Okay, okay, we'll put that to the side for a second. But what are we going to do about Jesus? What are we going to do about this Jesus who says, that he and the Father are one. What are we going to do about this Jesus who says that when you hear me, you hear the Father. When you see me, you see the Father. What are we going to do with that Jesus? Well, some might say, well, I just don't believe in that Jesus. Okay, so what you're saying is you don't believe in a man by the name of Jesus who was born to a couple, uh, Joseph and Mary, in a town called Bethlehem. You, You don't believe in that one. Well, no, I don't believe it. Well, okay, so you, you, neither do you believe in this Jesus who um, started doing ministry uh, among people, hundreds, if not thousands of people who encountered this Jesus, this Jesus who was, um, who, who was at odds with the religious authorities of the day. This Jesus who was arrested by them And who was sent to the Roman officials, this Jesus who was put to death by those Roman officials, he was crucified on the perfected form and means of execution of the day. He was laid into a tomb and which was sealed by Roman authority the uh the guards were posted so that no one could steal his body this jesus who then vacates the tomb somehow yeah i don't believe that part because that's just that just doesn't happen okay okay we'll just we'll go with it so you don't believe in in that jesus who appears to hundreds of people after the fact you don't believe in in that jesus because see that jesus is a historical figure who walked this earth, who is recorded in both religious documents, but also non-religious documents like Roman official documents. So if you're going to ignore that guy, what other parts of history are you going to choose to throw out? Because if you're willing to throw an actual person out Yes, he did some crazy things. Yes, he ended up alive after he was dead. I know that doesn't happen. But what are we going to do with that Jesus? And a few things that I would want to point out to these people, like, hey, these Roman guards that were there to guard the tomb, you realize that if they had failed their job, their lives would have been taken. So it's not like a bunch of like Barney Fife's who were just kind of moping around the place and kind of falling asleep. No, these guys were on duty. They would not have let anyone pass unless there's a God who knows how to do that which is unimaginable and impossible. There was a seal on the tomb. To break that seal, you would do so by penalty of death. So, either the Romans got it wrong, or maybe Jesus is actually who Jesus said he was. Okay, but what about this? Jesus, it has been said that Jesus was either a lunatic, he was a liar, or he's actually who he said he was, and that is Lord. If Jesus was a lunatic, um, I would probably encourage you not to follow Jesus. Uh, A crazy man with delusions of all sorts. You know, had he been a lunatic, would hundreds and thousands of people followed him? Would he have been able to gather a following if he was a lunatic? I'm not so sure that he would have been. So maybe he wasn't a lunatic. Maybe he was a liar. Maybe Jesus when he said that he and the father are one, that he had come to save the world, that he was there to rebuild the temple and three, that maybe all that stuff was just a huge lie. If he was in his right mind and he knew he was lying, put yourself in his shoes. Would you be willing to die for that lie? I wouldn't. I like my life too much. I wouldn't die for a lie. Okay, so maybe he's Lord. Maybe this baby born in a stable in Bethlehem, maybe this baby is actually God become flesh and blood. Yeah, but but how does that happen, Jeremy? I don't know. But either Jesus was a liar, a lunatic, or he was Lord. And if he is Lord, that requires a certain response. Let's talk about something else for a second. What about all of his followers? Would you follow a lunatic? Would you follow a liar? Or would you follow a Lord? Would you be willing to give your life like so many of them did if they knew he was a lunatic? Would they have allowed themselves to be persecuted the way they did if they knew that it was all a lie, a hoax. Maybe, just maybe, Jesus held his breath for a really, really long time and long enough that uh, they were able to put him in the tomb and he's like, man, I wish they'd hurried up with that one. Or maybe Jesus was actually dead, dead. And maybe, just maybe, God brought back to life That great shepherd of the sheep, who for the very joy set before him endured the cross. What are you gonna do with that, Jesus? I mean, you've gotta come to terms with this Jesus thing because I hope that you're not here simply because we put on a really good show or because you feel somehow guilty and you coming here assuages that guilt. I hope that's not why you come. I hope that the reason you have decided to be part of a faith community such as Real Life is that you recognize that Jesus is Lord and you are choosing this day to embrace him. The question ultimately comes to this. In 2022, are you going to embrace jesus you might say yes i choose that today what will that look like in your life what adjustments in your life need to take place so that you will be a person marked by embracing the creator of all the earth and worlds and universes side note um during advent there was a rocket that was shot off um and on it was a new telescope the James Webb something telescope bigger better than the Hubble telescope and it's going out i forget how many like a it's it's going to arrive at its destination this summer so for 6 months it's going to be traveling out to the furthest reaches that it can go in 6 months and they are going to peer out through the infrared spectrum at the galaxies in the universe way, way out there beyond what anyone has ever seen before. And they are hoping to see the remnants of the big bang. They are hoping to see life just after that happened because that's like traveling back this way. So what they see like in June actually happened a long, long time ago. Someone once said, a pastor, of a friend of mine, he said, you know, I, I think I'm okay with considering the Big Bang if we recognize that when God opens God's mouth and speaks worlds into creation, that probably was a big, big bang. So I'm okay with going down that road, but I, here's my hope and my prayer, <laughs> that they get that telescope out there. It's kind of slowly un- unpacking itself as it travels, that it's gonna get out there and they're going to look out and all of a sudden they're going to see nothing. And they're going to have to come to the point where they recognize there is something that started this all. What are you going to do with Jesus? So you're going to either embrace Jesus. You're going to live in relationship with Jesus. You're going to reorder your life around Jesus. Your, your, your finances your time, your schedule, your your priorities are going to be reoriented so that you can embrace Jesus or you're going to choose to ignore Jesus. Now, we usually don't make a conscious effort to do that. But the way we live our life kind of pushes us in that direction. Again, ignoring Jesus isn't about disagreeing with Jesus at its heart. It's it's simply about saying, I've got more important things right now than Jesus. If I were to walk up to you after service, maybe I'll do this, (laughs) maybe I won't, um, and say, hey, are you ignoring Jesus right now? I don't think any of you, unless you've just got some real gumption in you, would be like, yeah, I am. Can I just say this? kind of made a joke of that. But I would love to see a church full of people who would be willing to say, "Yes, I'm ignoring Jesus right now." And it's not what I want for my life. Remember, we are real life community church, which means at the core of who we are, we start with honesty. And so I would hope that as we talk with each other, as husbands and wives talk, as parents and kids and siblings and, and, and coworkers, as all that, I hope that some of you might be able to say, yeah, I am not in the right place right now because I choose, I want to choose Jesus as the thing that I embrace, not all these other things. But some might choose to outright reject Jesus. You are opposed to Jesus. I'm guessing none of you are. You probably wouldn't be here if you were. But I'm gonna say there may be some times in your life this year in 2022 where you actually say, God, no. No. You want this out of me? Not now. That's a rejection. And, And my hope and my prayer for you as a people, as a church, is that you... Might be able to in those moments catch yourself saying those words in your word, in your with your mouth and with your heart, and you might say, "Whoa, wait a minute! No, I I choose Jesus, not rejection, and I choose not to ignore." Some of us we struggle with hearing God, um, but and I think there's one of two reasons. One, you actually don't know what God sounds like, and can I just say this? Get in the Word of God. Stay consistent in, in, among a group of people who know what God sounds like and let them teach you what Jesus sounds like. Some of us, though, we have like ignored the voice of God so much that it's actually been so long that we've heard God that we're quite, not quite sure what God really does sound like. Whatever the case may be, folks, let's find our rhythms of life back to the place where we are, are immersing ourselves in this God who loves us and goes out of God's way for us. May we be that people. Church, God is calling each of us to come to terms with what we are going to do with Jesus. And this morning at the beginning of 2022, as I've been thinking about a baby in a manger and a, and a, and a grown man on a cross and a, and a child in a temple who who were just dumbfounded that his parents wouldn't have realized that the only place he wanted to be was in his father's house. As I think about all these, I I recognize that we as a people have a choice. God gives us that choice. In many ways, we call that grace. God gives you the ability to say no. And all too often, we say exactly that. But as one of your pastors here at Real Life, my my heart yearns for us that we would be a people whose lives are ordered by our embrace rather than our rejection. Can we be that people today? In Hebrews chapter 3, verses 7 through 8, the writer says this, Today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled, when they tested me in the wilderness. Church, when you hear Christ today, please do not harden your hearts. Don't rebel against God, but embrace God. Embrace God on your knees. Embrace God in your car, at your work desk. Embrace God when you are choosing what to watch And listen to, embrace God when you think about all the money you might want to spend on all those things that have no eternal consequences. Church, come to terms with who this Jesus is and make a definitive answer about what you are going to do with him. Do not harden your hearts. Church, my hope and my prayer for you is this, that you would come back to the life that you were created for wherever you find yourself. Church, let me just say this. Some of us have come from a tradition that has been very clear on what it means to be holy. And some of the language that we have used sometimes is is Christian perfection. And we have lived a life of holiness where we have shared about what God has done and is doing in our lives. And sometimes, sometimes we have gotten to the place where that has waned in our life if you feel like you have have championed that life, but now there, there seems to be something that's off, please do not hide behind your supposed holiness. Be honest with yourself and with God and find yourself to a group of people that you can say, you know what? I need you to pray with me. I need you to walk with me. I need you to be my partners on this journey because I choose Jesus today. Even though my life maybe hasn't been marked by that in its excellence, but today I choose to embrace God first and foremost above all else. Do you know what God does with a people who put everything on the table? You know what God does with, with, with a people who choose to empty themselves out completely? God chooses to move in and take up full residence in our lives. And the God who spoke the worlds into creation, who spoke into the darkness of death and called Jesus to life, that God wants to dwell in you. Think what is is possible in and through you with that God as the sole Lord of your life. Church, embrace God this year and see where God leads you. May we be that people. Stand with me this morning. Heavenly Father, this morning we have come to you. We've heard your word. We have understood in part what it means Uh, to embrace Jesus. We understand who Jesus is today, but God, I pray that you would not let us just push that to the side. God, may it capture us fully. May you not let up on us. God, I know you give us grace to choose our own way, but God, I just pray that you would not let up on us, that you would be that constant presence in our life, that voice that continually speaks into our being. God, I pray that we would be restless until we find our rest in you. So Jesus, that may mean that 2022 looks like a lot of reordering of life. God, help us do that. It might look like us needing to say no to some things that we really would like to say yes to, but the no is the right one. God, I pray that you help us fall on our knees and surrender to throw our hands up and surrender to say, God, I am yours. Jesus, this morning, would you chart our course and might you give us a glimpse today of where that course is headed and might we have the Holy Spirit boldness to follow you, even in the uncertainty of life. May that be us, God, a bold people. Lord, in your name, we pray these things. Amen. Church, uh, as we have gathered in this place this morning, we have heard the word of God and And it's simmering there in your heart. But this morning, I pray that as you go from this place, you would go in the power of the Holy Spirit. And you would sense the love of God in that. And that love would guide you and direct you and steer you in all of the right directions. But as your hands are open before God today, may they always be that way. Ready to receive all that God has for you. And until we meet again, may we be molded and shaped by this God who is really good at creating great things out of nothing. We've at least got something, us. God can do amazing things through you. And so until we meet again, be putty in the hands of God. Be blessed by what God wants to do in you. And may you be a blessing because of what God chooses to do. Chooses to do through you until we meet again. Be that people. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. We would love for you to join us in person. Our address is 2022 East Main Street in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. If you'd like to make a donation to keep our podcast ministry going, you can do so online at reallifecommunity.org slash give. Thanks again for listening.